let's see here. We are going to continue our series on Jesus is Better from the book of Hebrews. And we're going to do another, um, another sermon in chapter 11, the Great Hall of Faith. This is just loaded with encouragement, with just life-giving truths here, um, stories of those who displayed and demonstrated biblical faith. And so um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't, uh, I'll have it up on the screen here. And so we have the same big idea from last week, and it's simply this, that God calls his people to possess a faith that perseveres and produces obedience while trusting in God's promises. Last week we talked uh, a little bit about the definition of biblical faith, and we looked at that. Um, I got a, another definition I'm going to throw in the mix here, um, but but the, the author of Hebrews defines what this biblical faith looks like, and then he, throughout the rest of chapter 11, he describes what it looks like in the lives of Old Testament saints, and so we're going to look at some more of those uh, today, uh, and I'm going to change the phrase here a little bit as far as description. I, I want to call this uh, the demonstration of faith uh, that we see in the lives of these Old Testament saints here. Um, Eugene Peterson paraphrases the first two verses of uh, Hebrews 11 like this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Amen? Uh, Eugene Peterson goes on to say this. He says, upon this foundation of faith, this is a, 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 a note in, in uh, his devotional Bible. It says, upon this foundation of faith in God, we can build a life. Board by board, our acts of faith frame the structure of our words of faith. Take note of that. Our acts of faith frame the structure of our words of faith. But without some heavy lifting, our words can pile up like so many two-by-fours in the lumberyard uh, weathering away. There's a typo there. Weathering away. And so do your act. Just in beginning this morning, I just want to ask you. Do your, do your actions of faith line up with your words of faith? Many of us have good words of faith, and we have good theology and good doctrine, and we know what the Bible says. But the Bible calls us in the New Testament, new, biblical faith is, is a, a, a faith that has action, a faith that has dynamic. And we're going to be inspired by some of the examples here this morning. So last week I described biblical faith, uh, quoting David Chapman as biblical faith is a a confident trust in the eternal God who is all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy, the God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ, who whose promises prove them true from generation to gen generation, who will never leave us nor forsake his own. Um, George Guthrie, here's another great definition of faith from G George Guthrie's commentary on the book of Hebrews, and I found this very helpful as we're defining what biblical faith looks like. He says this, faith 
is confidence that results in action carried out in a variety of situations by ordinary people in response to the unseen God and his promises with various earthly outcomes, but always the ultimate outcome of God's commendation and reward. Amen? And so this is a great definition of biblical faith taken from the entire chapter of what we call the Hall of Faith so often. Okay, so let's look at some of these examples. Uh, so, so the author of Hebrews gives us a definition. Some of these theologians do a great job in defining what biblical faith is. Okay, and, and notice, by the way, in these definitions, this idea of, of responding to a response, a responsive uh, uh, responsive act, uh, response to the revelation of God, to who God is and to what God has said and what he has commanded and what he has promised. In verse 11 here, it says, uh, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, as him, as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as, as many as the innumerable grains of the sand by the seashore. So y'all know the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were in their old age. They were past time for childbearing. And God shows up and says, you're going to have a baby. They wanted a baby. God says, you're going to have a baby. Not only that, you're going to have lots of descendants through this baby boy, right? And so uh, one of the things, too, that, that the author of Hebrews doesn't do is he doesn't highlight all the flaws of the biblical characters. He could. Uh, but he, that's, not the, that's not the point there. But in the big biblical narrative, what we do see uh, with these characters like Sarah and Abraham, we do see some flaws in their lives. But nevertheless, they were faithful. They were people of faith. And, and, and I think it's, it's important, too, to take note of that the, that the Bible doesn't candy coat the, the, the brokenness of humanity, the flaws of uh, the, the, the characters in the Bible. It gives us examples of people who struggled and people who failed, but yet people who lived in faith. Amen? And so Sarah was one of those, when she first heard the news of her going to have a baby, she kind of laughed. Like it didn't seem like she was, she was on board right away, uh, you know, at first, right? Uh, but, but here the author of Hebrews highlights uh, where she did act in faith. By faith, her Sarah herself received power to conceive. By faith, she was able to do that. And, and, here's, and here's the basis of that faith. She considered him faithful who had promised. Okay, this, this is so important for us to remember because God's faithfulness is the basis of our faith and the basis of our faithfulness as well. And biblical faith dis is displayed in faithfulness. Okay, it's, it's, it perseveres, it produces obedience, it's a trust in the promises of God, it's a trust in the one who is faithful. And, and it's an acting upon, it's a response of, uh, it's a movement. Um, and so Sarah considered him faithful who had promised. And so let this be an encouragement to you as you 
think about trusting God and believing God through this difficult time, this global pandemic. Consider God faithful. Consider him consistent and trustworthy and one that you can cling to and find stability and help through this difficult time. So there's Sarah's demonstration of faith. And then there's this, uh, this, this little section here, 13 through 16, where it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. I love this last phrase right here. God, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God sees the his people and the faith of his people as precious. He sees us as precious and our faith to him is precious. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 calls our faith precious. And remember, Jesus prayed for Peter and he said, Satan's asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. You ever think about that? Jesus, who is called in, in Hebrews 12, the, the author and the perfecter of our faith, he prayed for Peter's faith that it wouldn't fail. That, that though Peter would be tested and tempted by the enemy, by Satan himself, Jesus, the great intercessor, the author and the finisher of his faith, prayed for him, interceded, and his faith didn't fail. Though he failed in denying Jesus, uh, his faith didn't fail ultimately. He returned, and the Lord used him greatly, and were strengthened through his faith and encouragement in, in his letters. That's a little bunny trail there. Uh, so the next one here is Abraham in verse 17. And Abraham is kind of what, what many have called the father of faith, right? Abraham is like the prime Old Testament example. Hebrews 11 has already mentioned Abraham. Paul mentions Abraham. James mentions, mentions Abraham. Abraham's like the go-to faith guy, right? God told him he was going to uh, have kids. He was going to have lots of descendants. God told him that through him that he was God was going to bless the entire all the families of the earth, right? And Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So here in verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Now this just seems crazy right here. God promises Abraham a son, all right? God, God gives him the son miraculously in his old age, right? And, and then uh, Abraham gets a little bit, or Isaac grows up a little bit. He's, a, he's a t maybe a teenager uh, uh, or so. And, uh, and God says, Abraham, I want you to offer up your son. God tested Abraham's faith, right? And, and, and God, God allows and he brings us through 
test to prove the genuineness of our faith, right? And he already knows. The test isn't for his knowledge to increase about our faith. It's more so uh, for us and for us to display the genuineness of our faith. But Abraham was obedient. He acted in faith, in obedience. He had this precious gift of a son from God, and he was willing to give that which was most precious to him back to the Lord, right? And he did, and God showed up. There was a ram in the bush, and, uh, and the author of Hebrews says that figuratively, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So Abraham displayed faith. We also have Isaac, his son, displaying faith. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau, okay? He blessed his son in faith before he died. Uh, 21, Jacob, and notice all these phrases, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Here's, these, these were just ordinary people that God used, people with flaws, people with struggles, people with brokenness, people with sins, that, that God, people with weakness, that God showed up and worked through, and he worked through them by faith. It was by their faith, Right? By faith, Jacob, when dying, he blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Uh, Joseph, by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, Moses' parents, um, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict, right? So I love this. I love this contrast, too, between faith and fear, okay? Because we are living in a time where fear and anxiety is crippling people and getting a hold of people. And one of the ways that you and I can counter that fear is that we can live in faith. We can believe what God says instead of believing lies about the world, about ourselves, or about God. And it's when we believe what God says, what God has revealed, what God has said, um, that we will be strengthened in faith and we will walk uh, in freedom from fear, uh, from being crippled by fear. So Moses' parents hid the child, uh, hid Moses so he wouldn't, be killed with the rest of the baby boys. And then Moses, by 24, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. I love Love this powerful little section here about Moses. He refused to be called, by faith, he refused to be called the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated with the Israelites, with the people of God, than to, rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Okay? And he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the riches of Egypt. He was looking to the reward. Biblical faith looks to God the rewarder, right? That he 
will reward. And then verse 27, by faith he left, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. What a powerful little phrase there. Moses endured by seeing him who is invisible. He was he had his eyes on God, right? And 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 he was able to push back and counter fear of what the king might do to him, what Pharaoh might do to him for splitting on out of there, right? And so he left Egypt where he had grown up, right? And he endured as seeing him who's invisible, and by faith he kept the Passover, sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them, okay? Uh, and then the Israelites, by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, by the, but the Egyptians, they, were, they attempted to do the same, and they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had, had given a friendly welcome to the spies. I love, by the way, that in this chapter, the author includes some of the women of faith in the Bible. Right? We've got men and women of faith. And here, we've got even a, a, a non-Israelite uh, woman who was a woman of faith who God spared her life by faith. Because of her friendly welcome uh, to the spies. Um, and then there's, there's this other lesson. The author goes on. He says, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of, of Samson, of Japheth, and, and David, and of Samuel, and the prophets. There's all these other people who lived by faith, who were operating in God's big story by faith. And it says, who through it. And it lists a number of things that they did through faith. They conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness. I love this one particularly because I, I feel my own weaknesses often. And God reminds me that his strength fits perfect in my weakness, and I trust him to show up through my weaknesses. Perhaps, perhaps that's a word for somebody right now watching. God's strength, strength fits perfect in our weaknesses. His grace is sufficient for us, and we can lean into that and trust him to display his strength through our weakness. Many were, were made strong out of weakness became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some, some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again and rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in, in skins of sheep and goats. Sheep and goat and destitute and afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in, de in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the earth, and all these through, and all these through, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Okay? 
And so, so notice in verse 39 that, that this list of witnesses, people of faith, not flawless, all right, these were ordinary people that, that God did extraordinary things through, through the faith, right? But notice in verse 39, they were, they were commended through their faith. They, they got God's approval. They got God's uh, smile, if you will. Uh, back in, They obtained a good testimony back in, uh, I believe it's verse 2. At the beginning of the chapter, uh, it says that, um, yeah, verse 2. For by it, people of old received their commendation. They obtained a good testimony. They were distinguished from, from others by, by their faith, right? And so, so we see uh, God's commendation uh, for people of faith. And the, the alternative is condemnation. The people in Noah's day who were unbelievers, who rejected the message of, of salvation, who, re, who didn't get on the boat, uh, who weren't ready uh, for the coming judgment, they were condemned. But Noah and his family were rescued. They were saved. And, and, and these people were commended by God through their faith. And saints, you and I are commended. In, but through faith, we have God's smile. We live in God's favor. We are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so, so here, here are a, a number of people of faith that we get an inspiration from and we're challenged by. And we see that their faith had action. Okay, There's some misconceptions about biblical faith, about what, what faith is. All right? and, and one of them is, is that faith is, is merely um, adherence to creeds. A, 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 a set of creeds, a biblical doctrines, okay? I believe these doctrines, like the Apostles' Creed. Now, that's important to have good doctrine and believe right doctrine, but it's not enough to merely say, yes, I hold to this good doctrine, I believe this, but have no action behind what you say you believe. Biblical faith has action, right? And so, so that's one misconception. Another one is, is that many, many people think that, um, that living by faith uh, equals uh, avoiding sickness and poverty and suffering. Okay? Uh, prosperity preachers, prosperity gospel messages have this emphasis. But here, at the end of Hebrews, we see people that suffered mocking, flogging, even chains of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn too. They were killed. They went about affli destitute, afflicted, mistreated, in poverty. They went through times of difficulty. These were people of faith. There were people who actually didn't even see the promise fulfilled in their lifetime of, of what they were expecting, what they were looking forward to, right? There were people who didn't accept deliverance. Uh, let's see, verse uh, 30, uh, verse 35. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. And so our faith in Christ 
looks beyond this life. It's not just about the here and now and getting stuff now, health and wealth now. We have a hope that goes beyond this life. And so we can take great risks for God and for the gospel's sake. And as we follow God and we bring the gospel to difficult places, we can go there and risk our lives for the gospel's sake because it's not just about this life for us. We're looking forward to the life to come. Amen? So, um, what one theologian says this. He says, the story of God's people includes a succession of examples of persistent, forward-looking faith. The story is not complete without us. We, in our turn, must submit to God's fatherly discipline and stand firm together in faith. I love this. You and I have a role to play in this story. In this great story. Here we see the characters of the Old Testament who lived in faith, who went before us, and they came up on the stage. They respond to God's call to step into a role by their faith. And you and I must do the same. God calls us to step in to his great story and what he's doing, right? I mean, we can, we can get into the story in a negative way like some have uh, through, through, <laughs> through uh, negative uh, means, uh, complaining, uh, or, um, or, or we can step in to the role that God has for us by being people of faith, people who display faith through faithfulness, display faith through, through our actions, Okay? Demonstrate our faith. And so I want to challenge you, saints, to consider how does your story intersect, your life story intersect with God's great, big, redemptive story. Because you have a place in it. And when you came to Jesus Christ and you trusted Him as your Lord and your Savior, you entered into God's redemptive story and your destination is secure okay your eternal destination is now secure okay but for for us christians who think biblically right it's not just about us leaving and going to heaven once we become christians there is work to do here on earth and god will reward faithfulness in our work okay one of the greatest rewards i think we can experience is when we see the lord face to face and we hear from him well done good and faithful servant when we experience that commendation from him face to face on that day after we finished our work here on earth and we stand before him and hear him say well done, and see him face to face. That, I think, is going to be one of the greatest rewards. And we believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. We believe that he's God, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We talked about that last week, the necessity of faith. Hebrews eleven six that he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
So one of the things I'm excited about as I look at this is, is the idea that you and I have a part to play in this great big redemptive story. And we get in. We've gotten in by faith. All right? But if your life was, was, was put in here by faith, Kevin did what? By faith, Walter did what? By faith, Ivy did what? Um, what would it say? What, what, what would it say? What do you think God wants your story to say? In these last days before Christ returns, how are you living? What, how are you living in, in a way that, that, that puts the spotlight on Jesus, that blesses people, that's, that's making an impact in this world? One of the things I, I appreciate about this pandemic that we're in, shelter in place is we're being confronted we're having a crisis of faith many of us are and we're being confronted about what we believe and we're we're given an opportunity right now to to step out to believe god to let our light shine all right to reach out um and and i'm gonna encourage you to do that specifically here uh in application. So one of the ways I want to encourage you to apply this as you look at these these what many would call heroes of faith. And, and by the way, Jesus is the, the the hero of the Bible. While we we can learn and imitate and should imitate uh, many examples in the Bible, like Abraham, his faith, and and, and many others, uh, Jesus is the ultimate hero. He's the author and the finisher. Of our faith, right? Um, and, and he loves to take ordinary people and do extraordinary things through their lives, all right? And so we have to believe that God can and will work through ordinary folks like you and I, okay? If we're going to step out and, and see God do great things, we got to believe that he's willing and able to take lives like you and you and me, in our weakness, in our failures, with our warts, and in, in all our our brokenness, all our quirky, uh, quirky, goofy uh, personality traits, and, and things that we do, and, and and struggles that we have. I mean, I, I love again. I love that God used flawed people throughout Scripture, right? Um, and and so I want to encourage you to live boldly by stepping out in faith to take great risks. Live boldly by stepping out in faith to take great risks for God. Many of these that we just read about in Hebrews 11, they took steps of faith. They stepped out. They, they, they acted in response to God, right? In response to the revelation of God. In response to who God is. In response to what God has said, what he has commanded, or what he promised. They stepped out and God showed up for them. Amen? And so let's do that. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I think about that, when I think about living boldly and stepping out in faith, I think about some of the missionaries throughout history. Uh, I was thinking about um, Chad and Nancy Bradley, missionaries that we support and who are currently serving in Ethiopia, where there is great need in Ethiopia. And I, and I heard from Chad recently and 
and he and he said there were several of their missionary team members who who went back home during this pandemic and him and Nancy felt led to stay there through this time with their two girls which by the way their oldest daughter is her name is Faith right and so they are by faith in a a, a challenging place they've left their comfort zone they've gone to a hard place for the sake of the gospel and they're living boldly stepping out in faith taking risks for God now you don't have to cross the sea to be the, to be a missionary okay you may just need to cross the street and reach out to your neighbors right uh, and, and um, right now that's challenging to do but there's different ways that we can do that I'll talk about that you know another another missionary too that comes to mind when I think about who, somebody who lived in faith but didn't see the fruit of their labor um, was J Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a missionary to um, Ecuador, uh, uh, unreached people group in Ecuador, and he lost his life before he could see this unreached people group come to Christ. But he and his team... They did what they did. They flew in with the plane. They, they, they got in there. They got killed. They got killed for showing up where, where they went, right? But later on, many of those, those folks in the tribe came to the Lord. Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth Elliott, got to see the fruit, all right, of that faith. Jim Elliott has this famous quote that's really powerful. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He's an example of somebody who stepped out in bold faith and took great risks for God and displayed his faith by his actions. Okay? And you and I can do the same in many ways. Alright? And so one of the ways I want to challenge you to step out during this time is to share your faith. Okay? A share your faith challenge is what I'm going to challenge each one of you to. And, and what that may look like is you recording a video testimony and posting it on your social media. Okay, Your testimony, your story of how you came to Jesus. Okay, Before you came to Jesus, how you came to Jesus, and, and what has God been doing in your life. On your social media, I want to ask you this question. On your social media, do you have gospel content? Can, can, can your friends or family look on your social media and come to the conclusion from what you post, what you've liked, what you've shared, that you are a believer in Jesus and you're not ashamed of him or the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want to encourage you to engage sharing your faith through uh, through your, your, your social media. Facebook, if you're watching this right now, you got Facebook, right? Uh, and so hashtag share your faith challenge and then tag City Church Garland after you record a two to five minute testimony of how you came to the Lord. Or you may want to do a gospel presentation, a two to five minute gospel presentation presentation or you may want to share a testimony of how God is working in your life through this pandemic the ways that your faith is being strengthened and being encouraged 
during this time. So I want to challenge you to do that very thing. Let's do that. Let's start a movement of sharing our faith. The faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the gospel, right? And then what I'd like to, to do now is I would like to leave some space for discussion on our comment lines there. Uh, what are some ways that you sense God calling you to step out in faith right now? Okay? What, what are you sent? What's God saying to you? What do you sense God saying to you about stepping out in faith right now during this global pandemic? Or what are some ways that he that you have stepped out? You've you've already you've already you've been following God's leading. This is how God's working through us and our family. This is what we're seeing happening. And so I want to have some discussion around that during this time. So let's take the next five minutes or so uh, to to comment there. Um, we'll, we'll play some background music, and we're just going to leave leave the live feed going. You guys feel free to engage. Um, let me say a prayer, and we'll engage in just some discussion.